You're listening to the Confessions of a Hashtag Beauty Boss podcast. I'm your host, Angela Sanchez, beauty business mentor and founder of Beauty Business Co. I want you to believe that you can achieve anything if you set your mind to it. I'll be interviewing leading beauty industry professionals and discovering exactly what drove them to becoming the hashtag beauty boss they are today. Are you ready to be inspired? You're listening to episode 66 of the Confessions of a Hashtag Beauty Boss podcast with today's guest, Kimberly Howarth. Kimberly is a fierce beauty boss with 13 years experience and is the creator of two times high six-figure businesses. Her true passion is showing you how to do this all without the hurdles she has faced, mixing strategies she knows works and emotional intelligence to unblock what is truly holding you back from success. The two together equals profound success. She doesn't hold back in her mission to level up client experience and showing you that you are the leading expert in your niche. I cannot wait for you to dive into this episode. Let's get started. Kimberly, welcome to my virtual beauty lounge. It is so lovely to have you on the show today. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Yay, it's been a long time coming. We've been a part of each other's worlds for a while. I've been following you since the ownership, the, you're the former owner of Lash Vision Official. So I was following you from a long time ago and now you've stepped into this coaching world, supporting lots of industries, I'm pretty sure. We'll find out more about that. But um, I seem to have kept a part of your world because you're very beauty industry focused. And that's why I wanted to get you on the show to share your journey with my followers. It's always so amazing to hear where it all began and um, where it's taken you through the life of our amazing industry because it can pivot in so many different ways. Uh, But before we get started, I'd love to ask you, what is your definition of a hashtag beauty boss? Well, I absolutely love this question. Um, My definition of a beauty boss is probably my definition of any woman in beauty, if I'm honest. It's essentially someone who is so in tune with themselves, their vision, their mission, the experience they want to give people that they can actually step into their power on a daily basis to deliver that. So much. Thank you for sharing. Now, let's get started on where it all began for you. How did you get into the beauty industry? Um, I think like so many people, it was an absolute bloody accident. (laughs) I essentially, I really needed a job. Um, I'm going to probably spill some secrets that people don't know about me. (laughs) Um, I was, when I first got into the beauty industry, I was working um, at a strip club. I've never told anyone that ever. So you're getting the absolute inside scoop here. Uh, (laughs) I was a bartender and a receptionist there. um, And I also, during the day, did aftermarket at a night, uh, sorry, not a nightclub, at a car dealership. And I had a bunch of different jobs. I also worked a receptionist as um, at the hotel. So I was doing everything, you name it, I was doing it. And I was essentially just looking to like, have a career that filled my cup up. And I didn't give a shit what it was. I just wanted to give it a go and see how it went. And for me, that meant I was going to try everything. 
and I did try everything clearly. <laughs> and um, do you know what? Some of my best experiences are the things that people would be like, oh, I'd never try that. I'm like, I fucking loved it. Um, there is so much to be learned from stepping out of your comfort zone. Um, and it's funny, when when I knew I was going to get on here and talk about that, when I was in the beauty industry, I thought it would be so not accepted for me to step up and say, I, I worked at a strip club. And I think that there's a lot of like the beauty industry has a lot to step up and answer to in that regard that we are, we still hold a lot of judgment for people. And I think that this is a really good way to be like, guys, I owned a half a million dollar business. I am a business coach and I have a fucking background. I have a history. I've done things that have expanded the shit out of me that are non-conventional and we need to just get our minds into a place of actually realizing that some of the most cool, crazy, insane things happen by stepping out of the, out of your comfort zone. And it's one of my favorite things to teach my current clients. So at that time I was like, okay, these things are great, but they're not what I want to do long-term. And I saw a job in the paper saying that someone was looking for a lash artist and it literally was like, hey, come in, we'll teach you lashes and we'll give you a job. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I reckon I could do that. I reckon that I'd be pretty good at that. I'm pretty meticulous. And I had recently, like previous to that, had um, eyelash extensions that destroyed my lashes. So the other thought that I had was like, you know, I actually think that there's got to be a better way. Like there's got to be a way to do this in a really cool way. So that's actually how I got into it. And for everyone who is like, you know, how did you build out your business? I think that's the next question. I worked at a strip club and a lot of the girls came and got lashes from me. So there is a huge market um, in, in that area that allowed me to build out my business. Amazing. Oh, well, thank you for the insider scoop. And also, yeah, that really great insight, which I think like we forget so much that there are a lot of specific industries out there that have women that really need taking care of that need to you know look a certain way or feel a certain way when they're at work um which I know we're all about empowering the beauty and the skin within and all of that but yeah there's there's certain aesthetics there especially in that industry that you just spoke about with the strip club that they need their lashes done they need their skin looking good so yeah really cool <laughs> thanks for sharing <laughs> Yeah, I was like, she's not going to see this one coming. And it's something I haven't shared. But you know what? It's almost one of those things that I feel like I've been a beauty therapist for a really long time. And it was like a secret that I've held on to. And if my dad ever gets on podcasts, he's about to learn something new about me. <laughs> but like, it's such, it, it's how I started. And it's the truth. And I feel like there's been a bit of a blindfold over my journey for a long time. Um, because I haven't told anyone, like literally the only people who know uh, were my ex-partner and my mum. because I was like, if anyone knew this thing about me, heaven forbid someone judge me, heaven forbid someone have an opinion on my life and where I originated from, um, which I have no regrets about at all. It, it's just really stepping into my power and something that I was like, Do you know what, I think it's about time that I share this. Yeah, it's a part of your story and yeah, ownership is is really, really powerful and that's like, you know, you just don't even know how many 
other business owners are holding on to judgment of their own past and not only they've stepped into a business maybe they're trying to build um a brand that is authentic to who they are now but they can't actually um show up vulnerably because they're holding on to so many things that have really basically held them back from becoming confident in other areas you know so once you do let go of those things that are maybe stopping you from stepping into your true authentic self it's amazing what can become possible so I've seen yeah, a and huge, it, huge shift in like in you I've gotten to I've never met you in person unfortunately but <laughs> I have seen like this huge transformation in yourself from knowing you from your lash vision days and following you um, into like counting on Kimberly, which is your coaching brand that you've created, and that's like that true essence of yourself. I absolutely, get so excited when you come to the camera and you share really amazing truth bombs, and they kind of they hit quite hard. Even with a lot of personal development work that I do, there's still always stuff to uncover, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think personal development has it's changed me. And I think that that's really obvious on the outside, but what it's done for me on the inside is on another level. Like I just have, my mom's like, you have no shame. I'm like, no, I have no fucking shame. I could not care if someone loved me or hated me. If someone didn't like that, I swore, or they did like that. I swore if they appreciated that I worked at a strip club or they didn't appreciate because I've actually come to this whole new level of, I just really like myself. And no one else's opinion now matters because I really like me. And I think that that is like, that's the gift. That is the absolute power. And I know that we'll speak more to business owners and things, but like if I could have stepped into this level of power, even owning Lash Vision, it would have been a different business. Mm. And I know it would have accelerated tenfold just from having this level of self-love, self-power, And that's the game changer. That's the thing. Like everyone's like, what have you been doing? What have you been drinking? What have you been smoking? What's the thing? How do I get some? And I'm like, it's just self-love really. Yeah. And self-awareness I think is the most incredible thing that you can invest in for your future self, you know, like you got to do that deep work. You've got to get into the dark (laughs) for the light to shine through, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I do think that with like, with coaching, because I started out as a business coach and that's where everyone sort of was like, oh yeah, it makes sense, right? It makes sense. You sell a business, you move into business coaching, that makes sense. And I was like, what doesn't make sense is to mix personal development into that um, and really flip the game on its head. Like I was like, what if we did both? What if we got gnarly? What if we got deep? And then we also worked on your business at the same time like wouldn't that just like change the game and it has like I've seen people I have a client right now who literally has been with me from two months for two months and she was like sitting at three thousand dollar months and she's about to do like a twelve thirteen thousand dollar month after two months you've opened the hatch for her (laughs) shown her what's possible that's amazing and I think it's in yeah I don't think a lot of, I'm going to say beauty business owners, because that's who we're speaking to in this podcast, but a lot of beauty business owners don't actually know that a whole heap of the coaching and strategy won't actually work if you don't have the mindset 
and that personal development side kind of working in motion. I feel like it's a never-ending journey, but it's <laughs> something that is um, it's needing attention, whether you just want the strategy and the results and the solutions right now, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. No, you've got to kind of get to that point of what's actually been holding you back in the first place. So that's amazing that you are a leading expert within our industry actually holding space for our business owners doing this work Kimberly oh thank you I think that it it, it's really cool but it's also been really scary because I was like I had all of these ideas about who I was in the beauty industry and like I in the lash industry specifically like I was running events you know, across different countries. And I had been the head trainer for a large corporation. And I had this idea of what people thought and saw of me. So even like the first day that I was like, I'm going to get on a stage and I'm going to swear. And that was the last event I did in the beauty industry, the specific uh, like lash industry. And I was like, I'm getting on and I'm just being myself for the first time since I started. And I think it was really confronting for a lot of people because I had hid who I was for such a long time because of how people, I wanted people to perceive me. I wanted people to see me as, I wanted to be seen as a particular person. And when we pull this back, like that's what branding is. Branding is how we want people to perceive us, right? So you can curate a brand, you can make yourself look, be seen in a particular way, but there's nothing more powerful than actually stepping into the areas that you're like, you know what, I'm not sure that that's my strong suit and making them your power, making them your strong suit. So everything that I didn't love about myself, I decided to make them the things that I was obsessed with. That is amazing. And like, have you seen since really stepping into that moment of like, okay, this is, this is who I am. I'm not going to, you know, hide anymore. Have you been attracting and drawing with abundance those actual amazing ideal clients that you wish to be working with yeah <laughs> like, filtered, I, it out, like filtered out those other ones well I've always been very good at attracting people that I love um I will say that at the given time that I was at they were the right people for me if that makes sense yeah. if someone had to come in I always say to people, if you're triggered by someone, it's probably because within yourself, you feel it. So there were, if someone had have come into my world like me, you know, two years ago, I would have been like, wow, this girl's too much. She swears too much. She's too direct. She's too this. She's too that. But really all I was seeing was a mirror version of myself. But because I wasn't ready to see it, hear it, feel it, I was like, well, they're too much they're unprofessional, they're X, Y, Z. And this happens a lot like with social media when you see someone on the internet and they're like, I don't know, a beauty salon owner wearing Gucci. And you're like, oh my God, I'm a beauty salon owner and I can't afford Gucci. If you even give a shit about that, there is a message, a mirror and a projection in that. Like you need to look at you and not them. Can we just yeah, I think- pause on that for a second? <laughs> I feel like this is just a, a, a profound moment, right? Like just really taking note of, because, you know, obviously being in the space of teaching social media and we're all about like building confidence for our beauty business owners to get in front of that camera, show up as their true authentic selves. But a lot of the time there are so many triggers that come from the scroll of, oh, well, who am I to show up and say that? Because I'm not as 
knowledgeable or I don't speak as confidently or I could, you know, I don't look the same as them or I have to be fully made up before I come to the camera and, and like share my knowledge with the world. There's no way I could ever do it. And then everyone just holds themselves and actually nothing actually moves forward at all. So it's really yeah. that, okay, what is it that's stopping you that's showing you up like on social media, if I'm going to use that example, where you're comparing yourself, you might think, well, I don't really compare myself to anyone, but if it's those types of things, like you've just said, if someone's wearing Gucci or if someone's got a full set of lashes on and lipstick on and you're like, oh, well, I couldn't ever show up on camera because I don't ever have my lashes done. Well, what is that reflection actually sharing with you? for that internal work that you need to do. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny, I always, my favourite thing to say to people is your trigger is your truth. If you are triggered by it, then there is truth in it and you just have to sit with it and figure out what the truth is. And I used to, as someone who had a half a million dollar business, I would watch people who wore Gucci and Louis Vuitton and I was like, I just don't get it. Like, I don't have that level of money. That must be fake. You know, they must have someone behind them funding. Like you can even hear the aggression as I say it. But now I'm like, I I wouldn't wear Louis Vuitton or Gucci even if I had $2 million. It's not who I am. It's not, it just doesn't resonate with me. The problem and the trigger for me was that I wish I could afford it. How did I have a half a million dollar business and I couldn't afford those things? So there is so many messages in like our day-to-day lives. And like when we talk about having dream clients, I have clients now who are just like me and I can handle that because I've worked on my shit. <laughs> like I've worked on it. And if a client came in and triggered me, I wouldn't just be like, oh my God, it's her and not me. I would actually sit with like, why? Why is this person triggering me? Why am I upset? You know, what's coming up for me? Whereas I didn't have the self-awareness to do that. I used to sit there and look at other businesses and constantly compare myself. Like I was, and I don't say this in an arrogant way, but I like, I was idolized by a lot of people in the industry. But if you looked behind the veil, I was paralyzed. I was like constantly comparing myself and how are they growing like that? And why wasn't I invited to that event? And, you know, why don't people see me X, Y, Z when they already did, they already saw it. I just couldn't see it. I think the first thing I ever saw of Lash Vision official on social media, because that's how I was connected to you, was one of the big events that you were holding in Victoria somewhere. And yeah, yeah, it was very much like first time touch point with you. And I had a trigger. I was like, you know, stepping into... um, you know, building a community. So it was just the very beginning days. And I was like, I I don't think I was triggered as in like, oh, not in a bad negative way. I was, it was inspiring. I was like, oh my gosh, like that would be so amazing to be able to host an event for the beauty industry. I wonder who that girl is and like who's behind it. And I wonder if I can get there and it didn't align. I don't know how, but I didn't get down there. And um, yeah, I just was like so inspired with what you were doing. So I was idolizing you for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really appreciate that. And I like, I love that level of vulnerability that you shared. So thank you so much. Cause I think it's really hard sometimes to like 
be in that, right? Like we don't want people to know those thoughts that go on in our head, but like that's where the power is actually saying that because then if you had had a conversation with me, I probably would have been like, do you know part of the reason that I created this event is because I thought no one would ever invite me to speak at one. (laughs) So I created my own. (laughs) I love that. And, you know, how beautiful though that you have, you found something that you have a passion within like I would love to be able to do this because I've done a lot of things in my life like the facilitation of beauty boss retreat was out of the selfish fact that I wanted to go on a retreat and I kept having these um you know basically excuses to not invest in myself but I had a community so I invested in that instead and so I was like well I've created a retreat I can finally go on one but now obviously I'm at a different level and know the importance of investing in myself and not just creating because that that can come with entrepreneurship as well. Like I do find myself saying, oh, that would be amazing for the beauty bosses. How about I bring that into the membership or I should get that guest speaker and like bring them in for the beauty bosses instead of going, no, Angela, this maybe was brought to your attention for you to work on you. And that's your message for you to work on your own inner work. So it's hard sometimes, but I'm learning to kind of catch myself in the mojo of it and not just be the person to give and be of service all the time. That's like a, it's a people pleasing (laughs) thing that's going on, you know? So it's all about I think like if we talk about the beauty industry, like we are so needed, right? Like we're needed to do brows, we're needed to do facials, we're needed for all of those things. So there becomes this like, what am I if I'm not needed? What am I if I'm not on at all times and I'm not serving at all times? Like I'm a service-based business. Like even when I talk to people about like, okay, well, you don't like how much you're working. What if we like cut your hours? It's like, oh, but who would I be? And what would I do? And I'm like, I don't know, have a life. Like why, what would be so bad about that? And it's because if we're not functioning at all times to serve our community, well, who the fuck are we? That's exactly right. And it is so important. I've definitely done a heap of work around the whole life by design. And we were just chatting probably for a half an hour before the podcast hit record about, you know, our life and um, our kids and things like that. And, you know, at the end of the day, I feel like it's so important to make sure you are waking up and feeling good about the life that you live. And success looks so different for so many Uh, we don't have to be on this linear passage of like, oh, this is the pathway to success over here for a successful beauty business owner. It can look so different to to everybody, you know. Um, I love that. Yeah, you were saying that my journey had like changed so much. It's like, yes, because I'm at a different stage and phase in my life and it's probably not going to look like this in, I don't know, 12, five years. I have no idea. But right now, the way that I am designing my life to wake up, feel good, be a part of my son's life while I mix in co-parenting, building this beautiful (laughs) community of beauty business owners, it feels good for me. And if that is what success looks like right now, you know, then I'm happy. You know, I don't have to be in the dark of, oh, I want to be a half million dollar business or if I want to be a million dollar business, 
it's just maybe it's on its way, but I'm definitely building the foundational pieces. So I just wanted to kind of share that. I think you've probably hit a vulnerable part there for me, <laughs> Kimberly, with all of the um, yeah, things because our beauty business owners, sometimes I hear from them saying, oh, I could never um, even become like a part of your community because I only have a home-based business and I'm just, you know, kind of doing things in between the kids and it's like you still are showing up for what you want to have as a business like you're still worthy of being a part of a community that's mentored and you know supported like so many just feel like they have to go alone and it's just not fair yeah, I love the conversation around success and evolution. It's one of my favorite freaking I have a lot of favorite conversations actually. <laughs> I'm like, I think everything's my favorite, but like people always say to me, like, what does success mean to you? And it took me a whole year of asking myself that question to figure it out. Um, and what I realized is for the entire time I owned Lash Vision, I kept setting benchmarks and I would hit them and then I would set another and then I'd hit it and I'd set another and I never once felt successful not when I was speaking in another country not when I was winning awards like I won multiple awards and I had a breakdown I had a mental breakdown on one of them because I was like I can't get this up like this award but like pressure instead of celebration so when that sort of was all going on and I had to start a business from scratch I was like okay well let's define it now. Let's define what six, success, sex, okay. Um, success looks like that as well. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit of that in there too. Um, but like, what does that look like? And I decided to set the benchmark at what it needed to be, um, which in my mind was quite low. And I was like, okay, here's what it needs to be to cover my mortgage. We own a house to, I'm the only income earner in my household to cover everything. Um, and I set it at that. So, and I decided to not set, like I was, I set goals, but I don't set any more benchmarks. I'm like, okay, can we get there? It's more of a question and it's more ex like exploration, if that makes sense, because I'm like, Every time I set a benchmark, I couldn't celebrate it. But if I can set a level of success that it's like, hey, shit's covered, we're surviving, we're happy, anything I do above that gets to be fun. Like, why do we keep setting the benchmark so high when it doesn't actually need to be there? What if we hit the benchmark of what we need it to be? And then everything we do above that is like, let's lead with curiosity. Like, could we do $50,000 months? Could we do $20,000 months? Like, hey, when we started, $1,000 was huge to us. Like, can that just be something we reflect back on continuously and be like, I only needed $1,000 when I began a week and now I'm doing $2,000. Look at that. Like, look at that jump. Look at that leap. Like, how cool is that? And can we just be in a fun, playful growth instead of this, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? And it's, whether you have a team or you're a solopreneur, it just adds pressure instead of adding fun. I love that. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing. So when you speak Lash Vision, and I've spoken and I've name-dropped that a few times now, that was the business name that you dropped into and built yeah. through the stripping. <laughs> and <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Okay. no, the stripping yeah. was pretty Lash Vision, guys. And I... <laughs> 
I was the bartender. (laughs) (laughs) Just remembering that you've said it. Uh, And also then you you moved in and evolved into an academy, correct? Yeah. So I was working for a large corporation when I started Lash Vision as an event. Um, And then the event, it sold out. Uh, to 132 people my first ever event it was meant to be just a casual high tea and then it sold out (laughs) and I was like I don't think this is the casual high tea and essentially the way that I marketed that and shit here's some free business coaching advice for everyone the way that I market everything is I get into like the forums and stuff and I see what people are talking about and what's missing and people were like everyone's so secretive and everyone you know there's no community here and I was like well, I'd like a community. I had been bullied online and I knew that I wanted that. So I literally picked the main words of whatever I was saying. And that's how I built the conference and how I marketed it. And it sold out, it sold out in under two or three weeks, I think it was. Yeah, that's amazing. So yeah, I um the second one after that, uh 252 people came. So it grew, it grew fast. Um And I was struggling uh, being the trainer. I was a trainer for this corporation and traveling and I was struggling to keep up with both of the things. So it was just sort of time for me to move on. Um, And I I built it into an academy because I was like, well, the conferences alone weren't going to maintain the level of income that I needed because I hadn't built them out on the strongest foundation. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. There wasn't a lot of money in running them. Um, there was a lot of love, but I needed to earn money. So it became an academy and that's Lash Vision was a conference, then an academy and yeah. And so how long did you have the academy running for or the, the whole brand really? I think in the end it was seven years. It's still running. I sold it. Yeah, <laughs> so that's been a recent celebration. Congratulations on you know building such an epic brand and Uh, something that became scalable enough and um, self-managed where you could actually pass that on to, I think it was one of your team members, correct? Uh, It was one of my coaching students. Oh, nice. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Look, it's funny because I speak about my time in Lash Vision and I think people think that I don't love it. I mourned selling that for six months before I went into selling it. Like it was my absolute everything, my baby, my, I loved that brand, even though I didn't take care of myself while I owned that brand. It's like really important to preference that like that was on me. The business in itself cannot create anything. You create the business. So if you don't like your business, it's on you. You created that. You create everything in your life. So when I sold that business, I wanted to make sure I sold it to the most beautiful human who had very similar morals and ethics um, to take care of the team and the business. And I did, I sold it to an insanely gorgeous human who is running it so well and running it from a place that I couldn't, I, I couldn't run it like that because I had built something that I began to resent. Not that there was anything wrong with the business. I began to resent it. And she's taken over and she has so much love in her heart for this business. It's just thriving. That's amazing. That's so good and must feel so incredible for you as well. And because I know that you're still attached and you still coach her. And so that's really nice. You've still got this little tiny string um, to 
see how much love is being put into it. So it's beautiful. It's like someone who's yeah. bought a house and done all this landscaping and then they go and <laughs> bulldoze it all and you're like, that was, yeah, a really beautiful garden that I made there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it was one of the things that I actually offered um it was just included. I was like, I want to make sure that the handover for the team and for you and for Lash Vision is done really seamlessly and in a way that, you know, we can all be really proud of. And I can genuinely say that Felicity is her name. Felicity and I, we've actually built, we had a friendship through coaching, but we've built it to a level of like, we are such good friends because of the way that we handed this business over. I don't think I've ever seen a business sold and handed over in such a beautiful way. That's nice. You should be proud. You should be so proud of that. I am very proud. It turns out we're very similar humans. So I really did like my, one of my coaches was like, I want you to close your eyes and imagine who you sell it to. And I was like, me. (laughs) (laughs) And then Felicity just, we were chatting and I was like, so what are you up to next? She's like, I don't know. And I was like, want to buy Lash Vision? And that's how I sold my business. Yeah. She was like, yes, I do. That's incredible. That is so amazing. You've literally manifested her into your life. Yeah, literally. And like, she's just, she just did a rural training because rural training is really um, a big thing for her. She comes from, she's rural. So she just ran a sold out rural training and she's just tapping into a market I would never have even considered. So it's just beautiful to watch her keep this brand with its morals and its ethics, but make it hers. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. I will make sure that we leave links to Lash Vision in the show notes because there might be some up-and-coming therapists even listening that might like to incorporate lashes into their business or some sort or train their team members as well. So we'll pass on the details. So I love that. Which hurdles do you continually see popping up when it comes to starting a beauty business? You might coach people through this or even just from your own experience and um people are their own hurdles <laughs> there's a very simple way of saying it but I would say mindset um I find a lot of people tend to self-sabotage themselves and they do that through not knowing their strengths their powers um what makes them unique and special and it, it can manifest in so many different ways like you could not believe in investing in a business coach and hold yourself back from having potentially someone who could expand the shit out of you and your business because you have a money belief of like money needs to be held on to, or you could have what I have where I get to a certain level and I self-sabotage. Every time I hit a new high, I actually self-sabotage and I'm like, oh, we just won't promote as much or we just won't run a program or we'll do, I'll do something to like begin to self-sabotage that. And if you can't see it because you're in your own head and we're ruled by like 95% of our subconscious and not our conscious thoughts, how can you fix it? How can you stop it? You end up just making the same mistakes over and over. And that's why we hear business owners constantly be like, oh my God, it's a cycle. Like we do really well and then we do shit. Why is that happening? And it 100% comes down to you and your mindset. Like if you are leaky in your personal life, it's leaking into your business. I can guarantee it. If you aren't holding yourself to the highest standards of what you imagine yourself to be, then you're not going to be the highest standards in your business. I hope this is making sense. But like... I just, it's people, 
it's you because the reality is in terms of strategy, it's 10%. There is not that much strategy and we have not reinvented the wheel that much. It's how much you get in your own way of implementing that strategy. Absolutely. It's making complete sense to me, but whoever is listening needs to stop, rewind for the last one minute and just press play again because it is quite profound to, and, you know, a little bit like, oh, that could be a bit hurtful in the heart to some people knowing that you've just said that they're in their own way. You know, we have to get, put our ego aside and step out of the way for us to really step into our, you know, divine. It's amazing what can happen once you actually say, I don't actually give a shit what anyone thinks. I need to grow my business. And that was really interesting that you've said that because one of the girls on Beauty Boss Retreat, um, so she came from a recommendation of another girl, which is amazing because we invite people to do that because then it's knowing like they've come from a recommendation and they're going to fit in with the um, the vibe, right? And uh, so this woman showed up and I was like, I've actually, like, I've never seen her face before. I've never seen who she is behind her brand. And after the five days together at Beauty Boss Retreat, she is doing reels, like left, right and centre, coming to the camera, you know, bringing out that beautiful personality that's been hiding behind the screen. And I Mm. asked her, I said, there has been a huge shift in the way you are showing up for your audience. Can I ask you what you are feeling like what's happened since leaving the retreat? And she goes, I've just stopped giving a shit what everyone else thinks of me. And, you know, small town as well. I know that there's politics around small towns and things like that, but I am just so proud of her for getting out of her way and stopping, you know, what other what she thinks other people are thinking of her, right? Because actually majority of the time, no one's really thinking what we're thinking. They're thinking of us. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, as well, I always like to say to people, because I know that a lot of people struggle with it. How do you just not give a shit? Because I get that question all the time. And I say, if you flip it around and you stop showing up for the people that you think might give a shit and start showing up for the people who will celebrate you, it's much easier to show up. If you start showing up for the people that it's like, you know what, I know someone out there is going to resonate with this. I know someone out there is going to love and enjoy the way that I show up. And for example, I'm really direct and it was only reflected to me this year how direct I was. I was like, what do you mean? I'm not direct because to me, Being direct is love. Being direct is if I'm direct with you, I'm helping you move. I'm not going to keep you in a like a cushy little padded room where I like butter you up to push you out the door. I'm just going to push you out the fucking door. So I used to struggle with showing up this direct because what if people took it as being rude? What if people took it as I didn't care? I have nothing but love and celebration for my students. All I want them to do is be so unbelievably successful they see that and others see that or I wouldn't have full books for my one-on-one clients so stop assuming everyone's going to assume the worst and show up for the people that you know will see the best and you know like it is great to have your family friends and friends of friends that follow you on social media with your marketing um but remember that they potentially aren't 
like clients of yours. So if they see what you're doing and, you know, we've got one girl and they like to have a bit of a joke with her, oh, I saw you on socials and it holds her back. It makes her feel, you know, inferior basically. She's like, oh, I can't do that because they're just going to make fun of me. And so the shift in her mindset around that serving her audience and knowing that, you know, she's got that ideal client in mind every time she does come to the camera and and shutting out any of that noise of like what could happen if they do see it, who cares, you know, because they're not the ones that are coming into the business and putting cash in the till, you know, they're not the ones that you're, that you're speaking to that potentially will become through the buyer cycle, aware of who you are, they'll start to consider to purchase from you and then finally make a decision. They're the ones that you want to be speaking to, not the, you know, <laughs> the ones that don't kind of have your, your back with that. And they might be friends, but just it's, um yeah, it's, it's an interesting one that comes up a lot. The, the things that are stopping a lot of people from actually building their brands with their marketing. Um, so I love that you yeah. shared all of that people are um yeah we're definitely in our own way for sure yeah definitely if it makes anyone feel better my mum tells me all the time to stop swearing on the internet because it's not ladylike (laughs) (laughs) and I tell her you're not my ideal client (laughs) Exactly. exactly that's right and yeah half the time they still don't understand exactly what we do so it's like just don't worry about it <laughs> you're not my ideal client my ideal clients understand what I'm talking about so what- I'm like my ideal clients love a cheeky f word <laughs> yes oh absolutely you're actually bringing it out of me I don't think I normally swear on the podcast so it's oh I'm so sorry I'm a podcast destroyer in that way <laughs> oh no it's funny because I don't know if it like beeps it so I just kind of hold myself back back in that we'll we'll soon find out right <laughs> that's so funny I love it. So what are your two top important tips for the aspired beauty boss listener to learn from when they're starting their business? Top two tips for when they're starting. If I could go back and give myself a piece of advice, and I know this seems counterintuitive and I know I'm a coach, I would get myself a coach. Yes like ASAP it would be the first thing that I did I would actually not even start and the reason that I say this is I've literally just helped someone launch their business from before it was even a concept she just had an empty building and we built the most insane business based on what she wanted and what she wanted people to feel and it was curated it made sense that like she's launched just a week ago and she's already got flooding reviews Like people are obsessed with her brand and it's not that you can't do it without a coach, but it's just going to streamline that for you so much. Yeah. Amazing. That that would be like number one, do it, invest in it. Like if you're looking at investing in a business, I would even say, actually, I'm going to make this number two and it's going to be controversial. Stop spending all your money on a fit out. Yeah. Stop spending all of your money on shit you don't need and putting yourself into debt for it because at the end of the day, it adds value to the business owner's space. And yes, if you're there long-term, absolutely. I totally get it. But I think people create this, it needs to be perfect before I begin. No, it needs to be functional and you need to get in there. And if you can afford a fit out, amazing, do it, go for it. But it actually can grow with you. 
So don't be like me where I bought a $900 table when I didn't have $900 to spend on a table that I ended up selling a year later. Yeah, really good advice there. I am, yeah, a big believer in progress over perfection. And I think in our industry, it can be kind of like aesthetically pleasing has to be the way or it's not going to be viable to to you know showcase on a website or this and that but remember that we are all our own unique selling points and their clients are coming for you they're not coming for the fancy fit outs and you know as you said it can grow with them you can buy that table eventually and bring your clients on the journey with you of buying the table and celebrating that win of you you know getting to a milestone in your business where you will actually be able to you know, redo the reception. And that in itself is quite amazing. Being able to build your business to a certain point and have clients actually, you know, love and the retention of your clients becomes so much um, more increased because they're attached to, you know, continually following your journey and celebrating with you as well, rather than coming in and it being all perfect from the beginning and, and getting to know you from scratch, you know. Yep. And it's that whole meeting yourself where you're at, right? Like everyone's like, I want a beautiful fit out and I'm going to go to Kmart and I'm going to go spend $500 on decking out my room. Yep. Great. But I won't invest in a coach and I won't invest in something that could potentially grow my business. And I see it all the time that people's priorities are in the aesthetic because we are aesthetic and it's not in the actual growth. I started with literally, yeah, everyone's going to judge me because I'm like, that was not council certified. Absolutely no, it was not. I was dodgy as fuck. But like I started with a bed in the middle of my lounge room and I built a clientele. And I'm definitely not saying don't go by the council rules. I was young, naive. I didn't even realize there was council rules until I got dobbed in. Um, but my point is it doesn't have to be fancy you to be successful because people come for how you make them feel uh what are three apps that you just can't live without kimberly oh i think it's a bit different now i'm a coach stripe which is my payment gateway (laughs) i definitely can't live without that um kajabi which is where i have all of my educational stuff it's also my it's my website it's my email list it's where all of my students portals are it's literally a one-stop shop i highly recommend kajabi and my google calendar yeah nice. yeah i live and die by my calendar if it's not in there it doesn't exist to me Absolutely. Yes. Oh, that's a good lesson in itself for everyone who's wanting to be a part of masterclasses that they've signed up for or, you know, saying that they'll be somewhere or do something at a certain time. Put it in the calendar. Or if you're batch creating a like content day for half day with your team and you Mm -hmm. say you're going to do it next month, put that in the calendar. Choose the time, choose the day and get it in because if it's not in, it doesn't get done. we have these aspirations sorry around like showing up for something or like you know I'm okay I'm committed to this growth I'm gonna you know sit in in that call that that coach is doing and that doesn't get put in the calendar because you're not making it a priority 
Yeah. I was just going to extend on that and be like, and if you're in leadership or even in your business and you always say you're going to do things and then you don't show up, well, it it diminishes the brand. You actually lose trust in a brand and trust is everything in a brand. If you say you're going to do something, put it in the damn calendar and follow through. Yeah, absolutely. That is, um, yeah, I mean, again, it's something I'm working on personally too. Like I want to show up with integrity. And so if I say to myself in whether it's personal life or business life that I'm going to show up at a certain time or if I'm, you know, going to wake up and do that yoga session or if I'm going to attend that new moon circle because I know that it's going to be really powerful for me in my next, you know, moon phase, right, then put it in the calendar or it doesn't get done because life gets busy. And if I, yeah, don't commit to it, then I feel like I'm kind of, I don't know what it is. It's like a little bit of trust from myself diminishes every time I don't say, um, like I don't show up to those things that I say that I'm actually going to do. So it's important. Oh, I love this. We have so many topics that I, I'm like, we could deep dive into that hardcore. <laughs> we need individual topic types, right? Today we're going to talk about motivation versus discipline. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe we need to get you into Beauty Boss Pro and doing, um, again, here we go delivering for a service rather than myself but um yeah sharing a bit more with our members on some specific topics that because I can clearly see you're very passionate in particular areas that I just know will be so helpful for them you know yeah I think it's because there were areas that held me back for the longest time and I know that it's really common in the beauty industry for people to to have this that we're looking at the salon down the road or you know I, I hear the small town one all the time all the time. And anyone that is in a small town, let me tell you, it's not a disadvantage. It's an advantage. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Now let's segue onto you again. Uh, Do you have any specific routines that you stick to to set your day up for success? I do. Actually, I just revisited this with my coach this morning because I'd realized I have this, I've hit a really high level and I was like, oh, I feel like I'm plateauing and I'm back to like square one, right? That whole not seeing your progress. So um, to start my day, I have chosen very specifically to get up before my family. Um, That is something that I've learned about myself is I need a lot of time to myself. Um, And I think as mums, we're taught not to do that. How dare we have any time to fill up our own cup? So I made an effort to get up early and I put myself first quite a lot. And I've seen so much growth in myself and my business by doing that. That's a whole, again, another conversation, but I get up at 5.30 in the morning and either I go to gym or I do yoga at home. Um, I am not athletically inclined. I do it because it makes me feel better. And Whenever people like to me, I don't really enjoy it. I'm like, okay, but how do you feel after it? Like, do you feel lighter? Do you feel better? Because I am, honestly, I used to joke that I was dead inside. I was like, I'm dead inside. I don't enjoy anything. I don't like coloring. I don't like, I don't like running. Um, So I always think to myself, like, when I do that action, do I feel lighter? And I think that that is such a helpful tip for people who struggle with like, but I don't seem to enjoy any of those things. Okay, great. But do you feel lighter after you do them? So yoga or gym. And then um, I normally journal and get my kids ready. So my day is sort of me, then the kids, 
And then my husband and I normally have a hot drink before I start work and we have a debrief and a chat. Yeah, that's beautiful. I do see on your stories that you love taking time out for that couple time and debriefing. And I think it's so important as well, you know, like that communication between each other. So again, you know, they don't have to know all the things about business and what's going on and you don't have to kind of like vent everything to them. That's what our community is so great for. I feel like it's nice for people to come into and share things that they probably know that their partners or families don't quite understand, but how wonderful Mm -hmm. it is to know that you're on the same page or you can share a lot of what's coming up for you so that you can, yeah, if you need to segue or pivot, it's, um, yeah, really, really powerful. So I love that you do do that. And is there anything that you're constantly, I'm sure he's a big support for you, but um, that you're searching for for support in what you do daily? Uh, look, I don't think you ever know it all. I don't think that you get to a point, and I think with personal development, it's often put out there. It's like, oh, look how far I've come. Look at all the wonderful things that I'm doing and how perfect I am. Um, it's not like that at all. Um, the things that you, I want to say transcended, but the things that you've worked through will re pop up time and time again. And it's being able to work through those things continuously at different levels because they show up in different ways. So for me, I always have a coach that can show me my blind spots and talk me through, you know, why I might be holding myself back. Or if I'm noticing that I'm leaning out of my power, why is that happening? Because you can't see it yourself a lot of the time. Yeah. And for uh, the beauty business owner listening, when we're speaking, because we have spoken a lot about finding a coach in this show, uh, where would you say that they need to kind of look first? Because there's, I think the biggest thing when it comes to beauty businesses seeking coaching is they're like, I need a business coach, right? Mm -hmm. And like you've intertwined so much mindset and um, personal growth into your business coaching and strategy, I think that's just amazing. But there aren't a lot of people out there that are doing that. But then also I think, you know, you can go to someone for social media support. You can go to someone for um, mindset, life coaching, wealth building coaches, where would you find, like, what would you say as a coach that they need to identify where their gaps are for what they're seeking so that their investment, because I then on the flip end of that here, oh, yeah, I invested in that and it didn't do anything for me. Like, how can we stop that <laughs> from knowing that they've invested in the right thing for them? If someone came to me and said, I've invested in that and it didn't work for me, I would say you need personal development because I'm probably going to teach you the same strategies because the strategies in themselves, they're pretty streamlined. They're pretty like cut and dry. There was a reason I was like, I have actually have a great example of this. I ran a program with 30 women. I gave them all the same strategies. A percentage of them fucking thrived. I mean, like flew off the handle and then a percentage didn't. And the key thing that stood them apart was their self-belief and how much they were able to give over to actually doing the thing. Mm-hmm. So I have tried and tested over and over and over again. And really it comes down to the human behind the business and people don't like to hear that. And it's hard. It's a very hard pill to swallow, 
But if your business isn't successful, it's the human or humans in it that are causing the problem. Yeah, lovely. I love that you have shared that. Um, and I think that's just the lesson in itself, right? Because, and I, and just hearing you say those words, it's like, oh, she just hit the nail on the head. And that's hard for a lot of people to kind of share. Like I know for me, because I'm a bit more of um, a, well, I've already shared that, like people pleasing in that. I might not come out with that straight away. Like you are the... Yeah kind of bottleneck in your business aren't you like you can be that person um holding yourself back like what is it that's stopping you from doing the work because yeah all are there and you're right it is pretty much blueprinted out there you can google anything you can youtube anything you can hire a coach one-on-one but if you're not willing to put in that work and implement like you can listen to the like absolute earfuls of all the things you should be doing but unless you actually carve out that time to implement it ain't getting done it ain't gonna progress you know I think it's being kind and gentle as well like as direct as I am I'm very very kind and very gentle with my clients and being like shame and guilt have no place in this if you are feeling shame or guilt if you're listening to any of this you're like I am triggered as fuck who does this woman think she is Like if you are sitting there and feeling that, shame and guilt have entered the conversation and shame and guilt live on the same energetic frequency or just above death. Like they're really low. So you need to approach this stuff instead of being like, oh my God, that's me. I suck. I'm this, I'm that. You actually need to be like, wow, that's interesting. Why do I do that? Why don't I show up? Why do I lean out? The more questions you can ask yourself, the more you're going to find yourself. And if shame and guilt enter the picture, you literally just have to be like, "Mm -mm, not welcome here. We don't live on that level. We live on a curiosity level because the more curious you are, the the quicker you're going to find yourself. Oh, that's curious. Why am I triggered right now? What's coming up for me? You know, the first feeling, thought, emotion, that's always the right one. Thank you so much for sharing. Our listeners are going to not be saying who does she think she is. I know that I'm sitting here going, wow, I absolutely love the fact that I've been able to bring you on the show and share you with my audience. Um, I want to go on to some rapid fire questions and then we can share like where everyone can find you and things like that as well to hopefully, yeah, get more a part of your world. So what is the best book you have ever read? (laughs) I love, (laughs) I don't read. um, And I know that that's very shocking for a coach to say. Um, I probably hold on to one book for the course of the year and I read occasionally in bed. Um, I cannot read self-help books, so do not turn to me for that. Uh, I find them boring and I fall asleep. So I tend to audio book that stuff. The best book that I've ever read (laughs) I can't remember people like this chick's like got no depth to her at all. Harry Potter. <laughs> I read that. That was the first series of books that I've ever read. And it just it lit my whole soul up. It made me realize like I love sci-fi. Um, so when I'm not working, I'm watching sci-fi or like I'm a Star Trek fan. I don't like Star Wars, believe it or not, but like I I don't 
read because it just puts me to sleep. But when I read, I'll go away for a weekend and I'll read an entire book. It's very weird. I have very extremes. So I have to go with Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, wow. I bet you that's quite a big book as well. I've not seen any of the series on the TV or anything like that. Um, but, yeah, supposedly they're massive. <laughs> Yeah, I, I actually read them in high school and I read them because I was late to the train. Same with Twilight, I was late to the train and I read the Harry Potter books over two weeks and I read Twilight in a weekend. Oh, wow. So when I read, I read, but I don't read often. Yeah, when you read, you read. Jeez. <laughs> well, that's great. Thank you for sharing. Uh, who is someone that you would love to meet in person? It's going to sound weird. My students, all of them, they inspire the absolute shit out of me, but I live in a town of 300 people in South Australia, so I don't have the accessibility to meet them all, but it would be an absolute dream to meet every single one of them, give them a hug and tell them how proud I am of them. Oh, how beautiful. Well, I know that you can probably make that happen at some point anyway. What's one thing <laughs> you have procrastinated about this week? My podcast. <laughs> um, I am setting up a podcast and I do find that I'm a I'm a manifesting generator, if anyone's into that. I am very reactive. So I find talking at a microphone without someone talking to me is very difficult. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Well, podcasting's a funny thing because as much as it I know it is an incredible way to build the brand. There are so many people that are not even a part of my world that listen to the podcast. And then when you see the downloads, it's like, holy moly, like there's a lot of listenership on this thing. And then when it comes to doing the thing, there are just so many more elements that I think like for a listener, they don't quite understand. Um, it's quite hard for podcasting. So I know that it's... um. It's also not like a front end for me. I procrastinate it quite a bit for the editing. And whereas Instagram stories, Facebook live, that can be quite instant and easy to speak to the camera, share your message. But yeah, podcasting, you like it. Probably that little bit of perfectionism coming in. Like I've got to get the sound right. I've got to make sure that there's good Wi-Fi so that nothing's cutting out and all the things intertwine perfectly. So but I've listened to past episodes of your podcast. Are you rebranding it or is it going to be a continuation? Yeah, it's, um, I actually just, I hired a coach. <laughs> um, I actually just hired a coach who can really help me find my voice is probably the right words. Like I'm very sure of who I am, but I really want to nail down the messaging of it and want to uh, put the podcast in a way that, that people can digest because I, I am very direct and I want to make sure that it comes across as I mean it. Cause sometimes I find I'm so direct people like that was so powerful, but I also felt like you were yelling at me <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So I think it's, it's not a people pleaser thing. It's a conveying my message and I want to make sure that I do justice to that message. Yeah. Amazing. Well, I cannot wait until that is launched. We'll be sharing it through our platform so that everyone can can hear it too. What's something you would jump at if you knew you wouldn't fail? Do you know what? I'm a jumper. I I just die. I do it. So I don't actually have a fear of failure. And I know that that sounds very self-absorbed, but I 
am very much a let's just do it and reap the consequences later, which has, yes, bitten me in the ass um, previously. So my husband and I, as an example, we on, it was like just between Christmas and New Year's, we're like, let's drive to South Australia and buy a house. Um, so we did that. And we didn't even get to look at the house. We had never been to the suburb and we bought a house in a town of 300 people and I've never regretted it. So I'm a jumper. I just do it. I don't, I don't, what, what is the worst that can happen? As long as my family is with me and I have oxygen in my lungs, I lose everything, whatever, I'll, I'll build it again. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's uh, where we align so much as well, because <laughs> I'm pretty much the same. Where was the drive for that as much as like, why, why South Australia? Where did that initial idea come from? <laughs> it's the least locked down state in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> I lived in Victoria through COVID. Um, South Australia was just Queensland. Everyone was moving to Queensland. We tend to not follow trends, me and my husband. I don't know why. We'll probably should look into that. But like, we're like, we're not moving to Queensland. Everyone else is moving to Queensland. Um, and where, where we live is literally halfway between Adelaide and Melbourne. And we just were like, South Australia is still close enough to family. Um, it was still very affordable. The prices hadn't gone through the roof and it was pretty. Like South Australia is, well, depending on where you go, no offence, half of South Australia, but <laughs> where you go in South Australia, there's beautiful beaches that you can drive on and there's, there's a lot less rules in South Australia. I don't know if people realise that. Like even the police officers here, they like pull you over and they're like, I'll just give you a warning. They're just beautiful, just beautiful humans. <laughs> you cheeky I'm not even kidding <laughs> oh, I love that that's great that's amazing that's a great idea to go to South Australia and buy a house you know because I can only imagine because I was in Queensland so I know everyone that's come up here and then I also know the effects of what that actually had like no wonder they moved out because it was so much trauma that's happened over those you know two and a half years especially to Victorians so um but in saying that it seems like you've settled in beautifully and how amazing like once again you've got your family so you have everything you need and it can grow with you right yeah and look it has for everyone that's thinking about doing it just do it I did it I sold my business I literally sold everything and I started a business and I've been running it nine months and it's already heading towards multiple six figures. Like just take the freaking gamble, do it. Yeah, that's incredible. And so if you were stranded on a deserted island with no Wi-Fi, what's one thing you wish you had with you? Like actually like one physical thing or like can I have multiple human <laughs> things? Just, <laughs> just one physical Oh, because I would say my family, one physical thing. A very good question. I want to be sensible and be like food, um, but I'm not going to be sensible. I am going to say pen and paper. Oh, nice. Because if I could document it, and learn from it, then I could expand from it. Beautiful. Yeah. 
Otherwise, my family. <laughs> a lot of beauty bosses say sunscreen. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. You can tell that I'm not a skin therapist. I'm like, pen and paper. Let's be burnt together. <laughs> well, that's it, right? You're working on the personal side. You're always working on the mindset because that's better than the physical thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, if I am aging, but my head's not where it needs to be, I've got it wrong. <laughs> Like we pray it's like more gracefully with your head in the right space than not, right? Yeah. Like I just think I I'm very aesthetic, don't get me wrong. So no one in the beauty industry, like I was in lashes, I was the before and after queen. I love looking and feeling good, but to me, beauty starts in the mind. One hundred percent. Oh, this conversation has been incredible I am so grateful for you carving out time of your day to be here with me today I know that our listeners have most probably gained at least one two to 100 golden nuggets from this episode (laughs) to take with them in some way or form I do believe in anything that you're showing up for if you go in with an open mind of okay I'm going to take time this has probably been about an hour and a half of my day to listen to this and I'm going to go in knowing that I'm taking something away to implement into bettering my life and my business. I know that this message has landed for um, at least one person and my job is done. Like, thank you so much, Kimberly. Oh, it's my pleasure. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. So tell us what is next for you? What's coming up for yourself, for the business? Are you out and about anywhere that we can Uh, be a part of and I would just love to direct all of our listeners to going and becoming a part of your world on socials but then you know there might be a specific kind of starting point where we can invite people to start to work with you in some way. Yeah well in terms of events coming up I am speaking in Queensland in Brisbane um, at the Bella Bronze uh, tan academy so it's a lash oh sorry a lash a, you can tell I did lashes for a long time can't you it's a tan event um so I you can find me there in person in terms of social media my Instagram is counting on Kimberly and working with me I have so many different options um obviously I have one-on-one um there's a wait list at the moment which I'm insanely grateful for it makes me feel very cool that I have a wait list <laughs> and um, I run small pocket size courses, but I am actually about to launch a mastermind that is for people who really want to step into being an expert in their field and not just step into the marketing of being an expert, like actually feeling like an expert in their field, actually being able to confidently get out into the world and be like, this is who I am. This is what I know. And really creating those industry leaders, like it is something that I I naturally am drawn to is bringing out other people's absolute powerhouse selves because I know that everyone has it inside of them if they could just see it. Amazing. That is so great. And so um, you have all of your links to work with you on, I know that you have it through your Instagram, Counting on Kimberly. That would be the best way to direct people or website yeah or drop into my dms i think people are scared i'm gonna bite them like you can actually talk to me guys i'm a real person and i think we 
we put people on pedestals, right? Cause we hear them in our ears. We see them on social media. Like I'm like the friendliest person ever <laughs> drop into my DMS. I'm happy to have a chat. If you want to know what the best option to work with, or even if you're just like, Hey, I heard you. And that really resonated with me. It would mean the world to me to hear that. Yeah, absolutely. If there was something that landed for you in this episode, I think that I would love to encourage you to actually take that step and um, slip into Kimberly's DMs so that you can share that with her because that's also really powerful. You know, she's launching a podcast and for you listening to this episode, that could, you know, I'm all about empowering each other to believe that we can achieve anything if we set our minds to it. And so your message could be Kimberly's medicine in some way or form to get her podcast out to the world. Kimberly's medicine to you today could have impacted another, um, yeah, beauty business owner. So make sure that you share this episode on social media. I would absolutely love that. I haven't said that for a little while, but if you can actually like screenshot it or wherever you're listening to and tag both of us so that we can um, virtually give you a high five for taking time out of your day for your personal growth. Yes. I love that. Well, thank you so much. I'll leave it here. And uh, any last words from you? Is there anything I can do to support you, Kimberly? No, I just, I'm very, very grateful to be here. And I, I love being able to give back to a community that gave me so much, like my time in the beauty industry, it's allowed me to become who I am and it's given me so many lessons. And I just think that if every single person listening to this knew how powerful what you're going through right now is, whether it be good or bad, you wouldn't stop you would just keep going. So thank you for having me and keep going. Amazing. Thank you so much. We'll talk soon. Thanks.